Hello, and thank you for tuning in to Barely There Theater, where we present theater to you, barely. Up this week, a play. There will be a brief message after the play is over, so stick around once the show's done. Now sit back, relax, and please enjoy a rehearsal for A Christmas Carol, featuring Elizabeth Melville, Adam Cerny, Joe Vasquez, Micah Burness, Lauren Van Spybrook, and Jesse Moore. dead, to begin with. Dead as a doornail, there is no doubt about it. This must be distinctly understood, or nothing wonderful can come of the story I'm going to tell. Scrooge never painted over dead old Marley's name. There it stood years afterwards above their store door, Scrooge and Marley. People new to the business sometimes called Scrooge Scrooge, and sometimes Marley, but he answered to both. It was all the same to him. Scrooge was a tight-fisted hand at the grindstone, a squeezing, wrenching, grasping, scraping, clutching, covetous old sinner. Hard and sharp as flint, secret and solitary as an oyster. Cold had little influence on him. Once upon a time, of all the good days in the year, on Christmas Eve, old Scrooge sat busy in his counting house. It was cold, bleak, biting weather. The city clocks had just struck three, but it was dark already. Candles flared in the neighboring houses, ruddy smears in the air. The fog was so dense that the houses opposite were mere phantoms. It was that afternoon that Scrooge's nephew decided to pay him a visit. Store bell! Why are you looking at me? This is where the store bell rings. It's in your script. Script? Sorry, what are we doing? A Christmas Carol. Oh, cool! I love that movie! Why is there confusion? You shouldn't have to ask at this point. My email was very clear. Email? I forgot my password. I missed it because my therapist told me to flag all your emails as spam. Quick poll! Who here actually read my email? Me. What's the point of proofreading if no one actually reads them? If no one knows why we're here, why are you here? It was in the group chat. <clears throat> Group chat. Uh, what group chat? What? <laughs> what group chat? Uh, I thought you said goop flat. I was confused. Correct. You said goop flat? No, that you're confused. You're right, I am. Yes, that's what I... Forget it! You okay? You seem a little tense. If I am, it's because you made me that way. I'm sorry. It's a little early in the afternoon for that. I should pace myself. You're all unprepared, but that's fine. I thrive under pressure. After all, what's directing but improvisation? We are gathered here today to perform the seminal Christmas classic, Charles Dickens' A Christmas Carol. Perform? For who? Our audience. What audience? Those listening at home. Sorry, who's listening where? This year, because of the Rona, we can't host a Christmas show, but people are suckers for donating during the holidays, so financially we're missing out if we don't try to cash in. Thus my brilliant idea to do a radio play. What's that? It's a play with no stage, no props, no visual component of any kind. It used to be an incredibly popular form of storytelling, and I, for one, like to think that it's making a comeback. Oh, I don't really know about that. You know, maybe it's I meant, what's a radio? <sighs> Let's talk roles. I won't do it. 
Have you been here this whole time? Why haven't you said anything? I will not do it. Do what? I know the only reason I'm here is so you can make me play the entire ensemble. That's all I am to you, isn't it? A series of voices. Oh, we need to cut a few corners and cast one guy as everyone. We need someone who can memorize lines. Someone who can fall in love with a puppet. I am an actor of depth and talent. I deserve to play only one role. Not all of them. I demand I be recognized. You can be Scrooge. Really? Yes. You won't the regret this. The shoe sure fits. What? Nothing. Griff, that means you're every other dude. Oh, I don't know if I can do every other dude. Well, I'm sure you'll find a way. Allison, you'll be every woman. Yes, voices. And Elliot, you're the sounds. What sounds? All the sounds. Anything not a line is you. Any more questions, comments, or concerns? Yes, Elliot, what? Where's Liz? She's in a better place. <gasps> Pittsburgh! She's in Pittsburgh. She got a professional gig. Lucky. Besides, there's no stage. What do we need a stage manager for? Any other questions? No! Great! Places! From the middle of page one. I can do my opening line again. No, that's fine. Just the cue. It was that afternoon that Scrooge's nephew decided to pay him a visit. Jingle, jangle, jingle. Hold! Elliot, dear. Yeah? What are you doing? The script says a bell ring. Right. So ring the bell. Oh, I was wondering why that was here. Okay, I'm ready for my cue. Should I? Yes, let's just get this on the road. Marley was dead, to begin with. Not that far back! Just the cue. It was that afternoon, Scrooge's nephew, blah, blah, blah. A Merry Christmas, Uncle. God save you. Ah, humbug. You don't mean that. I do. Merry Christmas. What right or reason have you to be merry? You're poor enough. What right or reason have you to be dismal? You're rich enough. Ah, humbug! Your mood seems even worse today. What else can I be when I live in such a world of fools as this? If I could work my will, every idiot who goes about with Merry Christmas on his lips should be boiled with his own pudding. Uncle! Nephew! Keep Christmas in your own way and let me keep it in mine. Though it has never put a scrap of gold or silver in my pocket, I believe that it has done me good and will do me good. And I say, God bless it. Scrooge's clerk involuntarily applauded. Think of your employment. My dear uncle, I hope you'll come dine with us tomorrow. My dear nephew, why did you get married? Because I fell in love. That's the one thing more ridiculous than a Merry Christmas. I will keep my Christmas humor to the last. So a Merry Christmas to you. Good afternoon. And a Happy New Year. Close the door on your way out. Unfortunately for Scrooge, a solicitor found their way in as Scrooge's nephew went out. This is Scrooge and Marley's, correct? Have I the pleasure of addressing Mr. Scrooge or Mr. Marley? Mr. Marley died seven years ago. Well, I have no doubt his liberality is well represented by his surviving partner. At this festive season of the year, it is desirable to make some provision for the poor and destitute who suffer greatly. Hundreds of thousands are in want of common comfort, sir. Are there no prisons? Plenty of prisons. And the workhouses? Are they still in operation? Well, I wish I could say they were not. Oh! I was afraid from what you said at first that they had shut down. I'm glad to hear it. 
Nonetheless, a few of us are endeavouring to raise a fund to buy the poor some food and means of warmth for the winter. What shall I put you down for? Nothing. You wish to be anonymous? I wish to be left alone. Prisons and the workhouses cost enough. Those who are badly off should go there. Many would rather die than go there. If they would rather die, they had better do it and decrease the surplus population. I can see that my efforts are wasted here. Good day, Mr. Scrooge. I leave you to your business. Bob, please see to any future visitors. Never mind, I'll see it to it myself. And what do you want? Please, sir, do you have any food or warmth I can borrow? The orphanage ejected me last Tuesday and I've nowhere to go. It's so cold out here. If it strikes your fancy, governor, I could sing a song. No. Before long, night had fallen and it was time to close for the day. You'll want all day tomorrow, I suppose. If it wouldn't be a bother, sir. It is a bother. And I'm assuming you'll want a full day's pay as well. It's only once a year, sir. A poor excuse for picking a man's pocket every 25th of December. But if you must have the whole day, take it. Be here early the following morning. Yes, sir. Thank you, sir. They closed the shop and went their separate ways. Scrooge to a nearby cavern where he ate alone, and Bob to a nearby park where he went down a slide twenty times in spirit of the holiday. After his melancholy dinner, Scrooge returned to his home, the former quarters of his deceased partner, Marley. Hold here! Johnny, good work with Scrooge so far, but go deeper. Claire and Allison, perfect as always. Griff, I have notes. Oh. Fred and Bob both sound the same to me. Really? I thought they sounded pretty different. They were literally the same person. It's not a committee, but thank you. I need you to make Bob Cratchit sound different. Different how? I don't know. You're the actor. Try acting. Let's get back into it. Uh, melancholy dinner, return home, yada yada. There was nothing at all particular about the knocker on Scrooge's door, except that it was very large. Scrooge had seen this knocker night and morning and knew it well. Let anyone explain to me, if they can, how it happened that Scrooge saw in the knocker Marley's face like a bad lobster in a dark cellar. As Scrooge looked at Marley, it was a knocker again. Bah, humbug! To say that he was not startled would be untrue, but he entered nonetheless and lit his candle. Scrooge's house was dark, but he liked it. Darkness is cheap and comforting. Before he retired to bed, he and his candle roamed the house to see that all was right. Satisfied that it was, Scrooge locked himself in his chambers and sat down before the fire. But try as he might, he could not get the image of Marley out of his head. His glance happened to rest on a bell, a disused bell, that hung in the room and communicated for some purpose long forgotten. Dread filled Scrooge as he saw the bell begin to swing. Deep in Scrooge's home, booms began to echo and crescendo down the hall toward Scrooge. As suddenly as it all started, silence fell. Marley walked through the door without its opening. Who are you? In life, I was your partner. 
Jacob Marley. I'm sorry. Hold. Griff, there is just something about you today that I... Is it too much? I can't believe I'm saying this, but it's not nearly enough. I really need to feel that Marley is dead since we don't have the benefit of costume or makeup. Elliot! You got any ghost noises in you? Uh, uh... That's... Fine! <laughs> Back from Marley's entrance. Marley walked through the door without its opening. Oh. Uh, who were you? In life, I was your partner. Jacob Marley. I don't believe it. You, he's been dead seven years. Why do you doubt your senses? Because a little thing can affect your mind. An upset stomach can make your eyes cheap. You may be a bit of undigested beef, a, a blot of mustard. There's more gravy than a grave about you. Sorry, hold. Elliot, the stage direction says... Ghost rattles its chains and makes a terrible wail. I did. A terrible wail? Did you not hear it? Sounded terrible to me. Could you do it again, and this time from the diaphragm? Ah. That is... Mm, let's try this one more time, but with some character motivation. Oh. Okay. I'll be quick. Okay. Marley is a spirit doomed to wander the earth for the sins of his soul. The book describes him as weighted down by chains and his clothes, hair, and chains are all being blown by the heat of a constantly burning oven. This is a spirit stuck, eternally suffering, and extraordinary pain. Does all that make sense? Absolutely. Okay, then no chains. Just one big ghostly wail. problem. I'm not really comfortable with pretending to be someone else. You're not pretending to be someone else. You're pretending to be dead. What are you doing? I'm being dead. Get off the floor. I'm not getting clear directions here. Who can make a ghostly wail? I can, but won't. I don't do sound effects. I can, I can give it a it. shot. No, oh, no, no, you, you can, can do, do it. it. No, I... Go for it. Oh, my God. One of you do it. I don't care who. Figure it out. Rock, paper, scissors, shoot! Rock, paper, scissors, shoot! Rock, paper, scissors, shoot! Griff's the winner! Take it back to the queue. <clears throat> There's more of gravy than a grave about you. Scrooge fell to his knees. Mercy! Why do you appear before me, spirit? It is required of every man and spirit within him should walk among his fellow men. And if that spirit goes forth in life, it is condemned to do so after death. Doomed to wander the earth and witness what it cannot share, but might be shared on earth and turned into happiness. Why do you wear those chains? I wear the chains I forged in life and made it link by link, yard by yard, misdeed by misdeed, you feel? And if you think my chain is long, you should see your own. Speak comfort, friend. Captive, uh, captive bound and double ironed, exhausted by the weight. I cannot stay anywhere. 
and I must carry my chains everywhere I go. No space or regret can make amends for my life misused. But you were always a good man of business. Business? Mankind was my business. And this time of year I suffer most. Christmas was closing season. Jacob, my friend. Hear me! My time is nearly gone. I am here tonight to warn you that you can still escape my fate. You will be haunted by three spirits. Uh, I'd rather not. Without their visits, you cannot hope to shun the shackles I now wear. Expect the first tonight when the bell tolls one. Couldn't they all come together at once and, and have it over with? When the bell tolls one! Scrooge watched in a horror as his former partner's chains began to wrap tighter around him. And tightened, and tightened as Marley was pulled back through the door he came. Scrooge finally climbed up from his knees and looked to see that his door was still locked. Once he was sure it was, he went around and made sure the rest of his room was safe. He locked his windows, propped a chair under his door's handle, and drew the curtains of his king-size bed. He climbed under his sheets and listened to his fire die as time ticked by. Try as he might, Scrooge could not fall asleep. He tossed and turned and awaited the toll of the bell. Scrooge waited in his bed and waited and waited. No voice came from the darkness, no pounding at the door. He thought of poking his head through the curtains to see if anything was there. As he reached for the curtains, his room filled with brilliant white light and his curtains were drawn back for him. Scrooge saw before him something even more extraordinary than his long-past partner. A strange figure, at once a child and an old woman, glowing and flickering like a candle left to burn. Its long hair floated as if caught in water. Are you the spirit whose coming was foretold to me? I am. Who or what are you? I am the ghost of Christmas past. What business do you have with me? Your wellness. Rise and walk with me. At the spirit's word, Scrooge's window burst open. I'm only mortal. I'll fall. Touch my hand. And in the blink of an eye, the streets of London vanished, not a vestige to be seen. Scrooge and the spirit stood on a country road. The darkness and mist of the following day had vanished for a clear, cold winter day with fresh fallen snow. I, I was a boy here. Scrooge was conscious of a thousand odors floating in the air, each one connected with a thousand thoughts, hopes, and cares long, long forgotten. Are you all right? Lead me where you will. You recall the way. I could walk it blindfolded. They walked along the road, Scrooge recognizing every gate, post, and tree, until they passed through a market town with its bridge, its church, and winding river. A pack of schoolboys ran past them, shouting and laughing at one another. I'll remember these boys. There's Clifford. And Henry. Hello, Henry! These are but shadows of things that have been and have no awareness of us. The school is not quite deserted. 
A solitary child is left there still. And they were transported to his old classroom, a long, bare, melancholy room, lined with vacant desks. And one of these, a lonely boy read near a feeble fire. I don't remember being alone on Christmas, but it, it must be. Everything is as it was. Would you like to see another Christmas here? They were all very much the same. What about your last? Scrooge saw himself grow larger at the words as time did its terrible dance. The room became darker, dirtier, and older. Plaster fell from the walls. Scrooge saw himself pace up and down the rows of desks until his old headmaster entered, suitcases in hand. Ebenezer, me boy. Yes, headmaster. Hold! What? I hate it. Sorry, I shouldn't say that. I do, though. What's wrong with it? It doesn't sound right. You're supposed to be young. You sound old. I, I told you, I'm only doing one voice. No. You said one character. This is all Scrooge. Just different voices for him. Maybe next time, read the email. <sighs> yes, Headmaster! Good, good. I'll get you back for this. Sure you will. I'm so sorry to see you go. Though I do think it's time for us to depart. Yes, headmaster! In all the years I've taught, I've never known one as solitary as you. Thank you, headmaster! It's no compliment, son. Alone is no way to live your life. I hope your time in the city is filled with more of it. What's it, sir? Life. My headmaster was a silly man. And a kind one. He was the only one here to see you off. He was. Have a Merry Christmas, Ebenezer. Yes, Headmaster! And the walls gave way around them as Scrooge found himself in another Christmas, several years later. Do you recognize this place? Of course I do. I apprenticed here. And there's old Fizzywig. Bless us all. It's Fizzywig alive again. Come along! Let's get the shutters up! Tables pushed to the walls! We need space for dancing! For merriment! It, uh, this isn't an office, it's a ballroom! It's Christmas Eve! The fuzzy wig you tied ball. This was his favorite time of year. He would start planning a following Yule toy before the current one was even over. So good to have a band here. We must have you back next year. Such delightful sounds. Come on, this is a party, isn't it? Let's have some fun. <laughs> sounds of a party. I don't know how to do that. Press play on the CD player. Is that what this is? Why do you need me if you have this? I need you to press play. Couldn't you? Let's keep moving! From after, let's have some fun! And what a party it was! In came a fiddler with a music book, and in came Mrs. Fezziwig, one vast, substantial smile. In came anyone who was graced enough to have Mr. Fezziwig in their life, for all were invited. In they all came, anyhow and everyhow. The sounds of music and laughter could be heard all over town. The warmth of the party could be felt down the street. Come here, Ebenezer! Mr. Fezziwig! So formal! It's a party! About the party! Come along! I have someone you need to meet! 
Mr. Fezziwig, I've been going over the books. Why, I told you to take the light bulb. You can loosen up if you're at work. D do you know the cost of this party? I don't, nor do I care. Sir! Nor do I care. Ebenezer, I want you to meet Bill. Hello. Hello. I'll leave the two of you to it. Come here, Mrs. Fezziwig. Let's get dancing. Spirit, let me see no more of this. You spent more Christmases with this young woman. Oh, Spirit, let me stay here. I can find other parts of the party to see. Show me no more visions. Quick, my time is short. The effect was immediate. Scrooge and the Spirit stood in the open air once more, and before them stood Scrooge. Older now, his face had not the harsh and rigid lines of later years, but it had begun to wear. He was not alone. You're not hearing me. It's not a good time. It's never been a good time. And that's why we continue to wait. And how much longer will we continue to wait? Business continues to be poor. Do you ever get tired of speaking of money? What else is there to speak of? Once business picks back up... I don't see what business has to do with marriage. Everything. Maybe that's the problem. You don't love me anymore. What are you talking about? Of course I love you. You did. Once. Now your one true love is gold and all it implies. Is it something I've done? I can fix this. It's all right, Ebenezer. I release you. She left him and they parted. Why must you torture me, spirit? I told you these were shadows of the things that have been. That they are what they are. Do not blame me. Take me back. Hold me no longer. All at once, Scrooge found himself back in his bedroom. Everything was as it was before the spirit's visit. Scrooge performed the same ritual he did an hour earlier and made sure his room was safe and secure. Once done, he climbed back into bed and attempted to fall in sleep's sweet embrace. Let's hold here, real quick. Adequate job, first off. I was almost moved. Johnny, nice work with Scrooge. You're back to the one voice for the rest of the show. That wasn't so bad. Exactly, crybaby. Claire, lovely narration. Elliot, thank you for stopping the music without being told. It stopped on its own, but you're welcome. Any notes for me? Does anyone have any questions, comments, or concerns? What are the balloons for? A very important sound cue. Anything else? Can we settle on a tone? Because I feel like there are some really nice character beats happening, and that's being lost for zaniness. It's a Christmas carol. This, this was the Christmas story of the 19th century. There is more of gravy than a grave about you. This is holiday schlock. Read the line. Fine, but I'm giving notes. Do it in character and you got a deal. Let's get back into it. I'm going to do my best to stop stopping you all. I really want you all to feel what the characters are feeling and I'm intruding on that process. From your line, Claire. Once again, despite his best efforts, Scrooge cannot sleep. Two o'clock came. To his immediate horror, nothing happened. Five, ten, fifteen minutes came and went with no specter, no vision in sight. Scrooge trembled beneath his bedsheets until his curiosity overcame his fear. As he poked his head through his bed's curtains, he saw faint light coming from under the door to his chambers. Fearing a fire, he got up and softly shuffled his slippers to the door. As Scrooge's hand landed on the knocker, a voice called out from the other side. Come in and know me better, man. Stop! Hold. How do you already have a note? Griff, 
make it not bad. What does that mean? Right now you're giving me not good, and I need at least not bad. Is that better? I don't understand the difference. Clearly. Just do something different. I'll try. <clears throat> Come and know me better, man. I'll take it. Scrooge stepped into a room that was his own, but transformed. The walls and ceiling were hung with living green. Holly, mistletoe, and ivy reflected the light of a roaring fire. I am the ghost of Christmas present. Look upon me. You're a lord spirit. Am I? I'm smaller among my own siblings. More than 1,800 of them. Think of the mouse to feed. The spirit rose and his head brushed against the ceiling. Spirit, conduct me where you will. If you have anything to teach me, let me learn from it. Take my hand. All was bright and day. Scrooge and the spirit now stood inside the town market and was it alive. What was best of all was not the smell of teas and coffee, nor the sounds of laughter children played in the snow. It wasn't the warmth of the sun or the fresh baked bread. It was that the customers were all so hurried and so eager in the hopeful promise of the day that they tumbled up against each other at the stalls, crashing their wicker baskets wildly, and left their purchases upon the counter and came running back to fetch them, and committed hundreds of the like mistakes in the best humor possible. After all, it was Christmas. Spirit, why are you showing me this? All these people throwing their money away on frivolities. Why, to show you how Christmas is best spent. At the market? With others. I'm sorry, Spirit, but I've never cared for the company of others. The day is young. Let's see what we shall see. Come. Where are we now? Your employee's home. Hmm. We're back. Bob! And how was Tiny Tim at church? Stop! What is that? I'm doing the voice, like Griff. What? What voice is he doing? Well, he just did Kermit. Who's that, a singer? Yeah, that sounds. No, I've been doing it like the movie. You keep saying the movie. What movie are you talking about? <laughs> a Christmas Carol. Isn't that what we're doing? Which one? What do you mean, which one? There are several different versions of a Christmas Carol. You mean the Muppet Christmas Carol. That's cool of the Muppets to loan out their script to us. The Muppets the did not write this. Charles Dickens did. Is he not a Muppet? No! Sounds like a Muppet. We're getting off track. Let's get back into it. From your line, Allison. Does anyone else here get the feeling Sam doesn't know who the Muppets are? I don't listen to ska music. Sorry. From your line. And how did little Tiny Tim behave? <clears throat> hmm. As good as golden better. He told me, coming home, that he hoped the people saw him in the church because it might be pleasant to them to remember on Christmas Day. Who made lame beggars walk and blind men see? And the Cratchits set about getting dinner ready. Once the turkey, potatoes, and gravy were piled high on each plate, the Cratchits took their seats, save for Tiny Tim, who had to be helped into his chair. Spirit, he said, with an interest he had never felt before. Tell me if Tiny Tim will live. I see a vacant seat and a crutch without an owner. S Spirit, no. Please say he will be spared. If these shadows remain unchanged, the child will die. None other of my race will find him here. 
What's the matter, Scrooge? If he be like to die, he'd better do it and decrease the surplus population. A toast to Mr. Scrooge, the founder of the feast. Ha! The founder of the feast, indeed. I wish I had him here. I'd give him a piece of my mind to feast upon, and I hope he'd have a good appetite for it. Hmm. My dear, the children, Christmas Day. Hmm. I'll drink his health for your sake and the day's, not for his. A Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. He'll be very merry and very happy. I have no doubt, she said sardonically. I'm not sure if you're giving me a note or saying that's how I did it. What does sardonically mean? Like a fish, right? No, that's a sardine. It's like the opposite of ironically. No, it's not. I can Google it. It means... How do you spell it? Like sardine with an ickily. No! I'm still, clear, I, I'm still unclear as to what that means. It means to say something with wit. What does that mean? Well, I guess you'll never know. Let's keep moving. Good note. Thank you. From your line. Yeah, I got it. <clears throat> Once again, Scrooge found himself transported, this time to a place he knew, if only barely. This is my nephew's home. He said that Christmas was a humbug, as I live, and he believed it. More shame for him, Fred. He's a funny old fellow, and I have nothing to say against him. Weren't you just telling me how rich he was? What of it? His wealth is of no use to him. He doesn't do any good with it. He doesn't make himself comfortable with it. He certainly hasn't ever thought of benefiting us with it. I have no patience for men like that. Oh, I have. I'm sorry for him. I couldn't be angry with him if I tried. He suffers from his ill whims. Himself always. I intend to give him the same chance, the same invite every year, whether he likes it or not, for I pity him. He may rail against Christmas until he dies, but I defy him if he finds me going there in good temper year after year and saying, Uncle Scrooge, how are you? If it puts him in a good mood to leave his poor clerk some money, then that's something. But enough of family. Who wants to play a game? Hold! For what? I'm thinking about how I want to make this sound like a party. We don't have enough people to make it feel like one, so there must be some other way. Elliot, be in the party. I don't think I can do that. I don't like pretending to be other people. You're not someone else. You're you. Okay, I think I can do that. This will be fun. In the scene, Scrooge's niece and nephew play a guessing game of yes and no's. Elliot, you'll play the game. I don't get the rules. Just start asking Griff questions about what he's thinking about. What are you thinking about? Huh? Okay, I'll demonstrate. Who understands the rules? I think Me, I obviously. Great. Well, I do, but I don't want to participate. You're a ghost. We can't see or hear you. Okay, I have my thought. Is it a person? Yes. Are they well known? I'd say so. Are they royalty? Of sorts. Are they English? Oh, yes. <gasps> Is it a woman? No. Did they live before electricity? I think so. When did electricity become a thing? How long has lightning been a thing? I'm going to say no. Final answer. Did they start any wars? A war of words, maybe. Oh, ooh, were they a writer? You're a ghost. Were they a writer? Yes. <gasps> it's Shakespeare, obviously. We don't use that word in this house. 
I was thinking of Charles Dickens. Cute. <laughs> Get the rules now? I think so. What if I'm not thinking of yes or no? Look at the script. You've been granted a thought. Oh, got it. Elliot and Allison, ask your questions. From your first line, Allison. Oh, me. I delight in games. What shall we play? A game of yes or no. I think a thought, and you all attempt to guess what I'm thinking. Do we all understand the rules? Oh, how they haven't not? changed, right? Who wants to go first? <gasps> me. Is it an animal? In a sense. Elliot, your turn. Uh, is it Ebenezer Scrooge? Wow, she's really good at Why this. Why do Wait, I even what? bother trying? I got it right? Yes, somehow. He changes the topic from his uncle to a game about his uncle? Why is he obsessed with his uncle? Does he know he's listening? Whoa, I bet you he does. No, no, he doesn't. I will try to think of something else for this. Let's just keep moving. Let's jump to the end of this section. I'm tired of the present. From your line, Griff, bottom of the next page. We have one more place to go. So soon, Spirit. I'm afraid so. Scrooge found himself in the courtyard of a nearby church. A fog had rolled in and Scrooge could make out hazy shapes in the dark. Where are we? Come. My time grows short. Noticing that a weariness had crept into its voice, the spirit said again, Come, my time, it grows short. It hadn't been obvious at first, but now Scrooge couldn't help but notice how old the spirit had grown. Our spirit's life so short. My life upon this globe is very brief. It ends tonight at midnight. Spirit, I thank you for the visions you have shown me. I understand I need to change. Can you tell me anything of the spirit to come? Expect them soon. The spirit faded into the fog that surrounded them and was gone. Scrooge was alone once again. As the bell stopped tolling, Scrooge saw a solemn phantom, draped and hooded, coming like a mist along the ground towards him. Okay, let's take a quick break. How's everyone doing? Any questions? Why is it called a Christmas carol? What do you mean? We're 60 pages in and there hasn't been any caroling. Okay, since there are no questions... Well, actually, that's because back in the day, Carol was how you pronounced care, so it's really a Christmas care, and it's like Scrooge is learning how to care for Christmas. Aw, that's nice. I'm almost positive none of that is true. But he said it so confidently. I read it online. <laughs> well, if you read it online... Okay, we're going to get going again, and I only have one note. For Griff, right? For you. Excuse me? Maybe a little less note-giving and a little more performing. You wouldn't have cast me if you didn't want me to make improvements. I wouldn't have cast you if I had any other option. This is not high art. <laughs> we'll see about that. I guess we will, from your line. I need to get into character one moment. Your character is your voice. Go. <clears throat> the phantom slowly, gravely, silently approached. It was shrouded in the deepest black cloak, concealing its head, its face, its form, all save one outstretched hand, skin hanging taut and loose. Am I in the presence of the ghost of Christmas yet to come? The spirit answered not, but pointed. 
You are about to show me shadows of the things that have not happened, but will happen in the time before us. I is that right? The spirit said nothing, and Scrooge felt two staring eyes upon him, hidden in the darkness of its cowl. I fear you more than any spectre I've seen, but as I know your purpose is to do me good, and I hope to live to be another man from what I was, I am prepared to bear your company, and with a thankful heart. Will you not speak to me? The spirit said nothing, but turned, and the city sprang up around them. They were deep in the merchant's district. Well, I don't know about it. Either way, I know he's dead. When did he die? Last night, I believe. Why, what was the matter with him? God knows. Well, what has he done with his money? I haven't heard, but I bet he's buried with it. He hasn't left it to me. Well, it's likely to be a very cheap funeral. I don't know a single soul to go to it. Suppose we get a party together and volunteer. I don't mind going if lunch is provided. And they all laughed at his joke. Laugh? Oh, stop! That was awful. Why are they laughing? Because they're reveling in Scrooge's death. Wait, Scrooge died? But I thought he was with the spirits or whatever. Spoiler for a 150-year-old novel. I'm pretty sure this came out in the 90s. This is not a Muppet movie. Right, because it's a radio play. It's not the Muppets. Should I not be doing the voice? No. Yes. It adds to the drama for Scrooge if they're laughing at his death. Is he dead or not? Who cares if it adds to the drama? No one wants to be confronted by the Christmas media. They want to just enjoy it. Can we let it be fun, please? It has been two long and shitty years, and I think it's okay to have fun and to laugh without contemplating our existence. I think every single one of us has earned that. So, if you don't mind, we're going to do some even goofier accents. We will finish the play about the old greedy bastard who learns to love Christmas again, and we will have fun. Am I understood? So is Scrooge going to die? Griff is going to tell his joke, and not a single one of you will laugh at it. Well, doesn't that defeat the point if you want it to be lighthearted? From your line, Griff. I don't mind going if lunch is provided. Perfect. Keep going. Scrooge and the Phantom came into the presence of a decrepit old toad of a man as a woman entered with a heavy bundle on her back. Come into the parlor. Don't mind sticks on the door. There ain't such a rusty bit of metal in a place. It's its own hinges. I believe and I'm sure there's no such old bones here as mine. <laughs> now, what have you brought old Joe? Something he won't be missing now is bed curtains. Oh, Miss Dilber, you don't mean you say you took them down off them rings and all with them lying there. And why not? His blankets too. You were born to make your own fortune. Well, this is the end of it. He frightened everyone away from him when he was alive, and we profit when he dies. <laughs> <laughs> Spirit, I see. The case of this unhappy man might be my own. Please, show me some tenderness connected with a death. And the phantom led him away, down the street and across town to the Cratchit's home, where they found the mother and children seated around the fire. Quiet. Very quiet. Skip! What? 
We're skipping this. It's too sad. Bob Cratchit entered his home and told his wife there was no need to fear. Tiny Tim had been cured. We can't skip Tiny Tim's death. We can and will. Too sad. It shows Scrooge the consequences of his actions. There are no consequences in theater. The stage is struck each night. Bob then proceeded to tell his family about this new amazing invention. The polio vaccine. You cannot just rewrite a Christmas carol, and that's not even close to historically accurate. Of course I can. It's in the public domain. And no consequences. From there, the ghost and Scrooge went back to the churchyard from whence they came. <sighs> the spirit stood among the graves and pointed to one. Before I draw near, answer me one question. Are these the shadow of things that will be? Or the shadow of things that may only be. The spirit pointed still. One can change the course of their life. Tell me it is so. Scrooge crept forward, trembling as he went, and read upon the neglected gravestone his own name, Ebenezer Scrooge. And then Scrooge fell in his own grave. How was that funny? Elliot? <whistles> Thank you. From your line, Johnny. I am loving this, by the way. <clears throat> uh, I am not the man I was. I will change. I can change. Why well, show me this if I'm past all hope? But the spirit remained as immovable as ever, the vision of death. And then Scrooge pulled out his trusty Glock. My balloons! Uh, I don't remember any of this from the movie. And he shot the ghost of Christmas future dead as a doornail. I'll make my own destiny good. Thank you. You can't kill a ghost. It's not corporeal. That's right. Don't, don't sell out. What? What you said. Not corporate. I'm on your side. How do you remember to breathe? Let's just wrap this up, shall we? And then Scrooge woke up the next morning and threw open his shutters. Hey. You there, old little orphan boy. What's today? Hey. What's today? Why, Christmas Day. It's Christmas Day! However, missed it! The spirits have done it all in one night! They can do anything they like! Of course they can! Sorry? Little orphan boy! Do you know the poulterer's place down the street on the corner? My name's actually Oliver, sir! Whatever! Do you know whether they've sold a prize turkey in a window, the big one? Well, that one's as big as me, sir! It's hanging there now! Go and buy it! Be serious! Uh, take this purse! Run down to the shop and purchase the turkey in the window. I'll give you a shilling if you bring it back here so that I might tell you where to take it next. Come back in less than five minutes and I'll give you five shillings. The boy was off like a shot. I'll send it to Bob Cratchit. It's twice the size of Tiny Tim. Scrooge dressed himself in all his best and left his home for the warm winter streets, sparkling in the white of snow. Before long, the boy had returned with the turkey hoisted above his head. Perfect. Follow me. And so the boy and Scrooge went forth to the Cratchit home. They had not made it far before Scrooge saw the solicitor from the day before. My dear sir, Merry Christmas. Mr. Scrooge. That is my name, and I fear it may not be pleasant to you. And I will have you the goodness to... And Scrooge whispered in her ear. My dear Mr. Scrooge, are you serious? Not a farthing less. A great many payments are included in it, I assure you. I 
don't know what to say to such magnificent... Don't say anything. Come and see me. Thank you, thank you fifty times, bless you. And on they went to Bob Cratchit's home. Hide yourself. Right, right. Bob! Mm. Y yes, Mr. Scrooge? Why are you here not at work? You gave me the day off. I, uh, I gave you the day off. With pay. With pay? Who do you take me for? I've had more fill of you, Mr. Cratchit. That is why, Bob, I am about to raise your salary. Say what now? Do you mean it? That and more. Merry Christmas, Bob. And the boy brought in the giant turkey for the Cratchit Christmas feast. Scrooge was better than his word. He did it all and infinitely more. And to Tiny Tim... Who did not die! He was a second father. He became as good a friend, as good a master, and as good a man as the good old city knew. Some laughed at his change in heart, but it meant nothing to Scrooge. His own heart laughed, and that was enough. And so, as Tiny Tim observed... Halt! Griff! Take this. Uh, what am I supposed to do with this? I think you know. I'm gonna try. Hold on. Give him his cue! And so, as Tiny Tim observed... God bless us, everyone! And that's the show! That rehearsal went smoother than most, so thank you all for your professionalism, if I can call it that. My note is do everything exactly the way you did, but bigger! Let's take it back to the top, and I'll hit record. You weren't recording? No, of course not. Why would I record the rehearsal? Okay, here's the mic. So, direct your voices here at all times, please and thank you, Looking at you, Griff. No taken. From the top. Thank you for listening to this month's play. The goal of Barely There Theater is to create plays and entertainment for people free of charge, anywhere they want, anytime they want. Subscribe to us for mostly weekly updates with new audio plays, rehearsals, and whatever else might come up. We do ask that if you liked what you just listened to, consider donating to us at our website, BarelyThereTheater.com. And if you're in a position where you can't afford to donate, that's okay too. Consider passing this episode along to someone who you think will enjoy it. Get a hold of us at our email address, feedback at BarelyThereTheater.com, or leave a comment below if you're listening on YouTube. Tune in in the upcoming weeks for a behind-the-scenes look at the rehearsal process of the play you just listened to, where you can hear the growth, bloopers, and whatever tangents we may spiral off into. Once again, thanks for listening to Barely There Theater.